Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mm, let's get ready to rumble! He's the fastest man on the planet. He did go up there, Rabbits. Yes, yes. Uh, at time of recording, this is currently a Tuesday. For you guys that do follow the page, uh, you'll know what's going on in my life. For you guys that don't uh, and are just sort of a casual listener, um, I am going in for an eye transplant on Thursday. Like I said, it's currently Tuesday night right now, so... Uh, anything that happens between now and then, I'm not going to be able to cover in the show, obviously. I do apologize for that. This will be probably the only week that it's out of whack. Uh, it's it's coming at a bad time, but I've been on the waiting list for four years now, so going to take it and run with it when I can. But today's going to be a little bit more unscripted, more off the cuff. It's my longer episode of the week for you guys that enjoy these longer ones. They go for about 20, 25 minutes, so sit back, enjoy. We'll be covering the listener Q&A, hot takes, Captain Obvious, trade talks for the week, and um, yeah, I guess a recap of how we went last week, and we'll kick off with the recap last week straight away. We finished up with a one 2 Now, look, I'm over the moon with this score, considering I haven't captained Teddy both weeks, to be in the top 3%, with my total score being a 2 5 2 a season rank of 3,114. Um, I'm only 70 points away from the top 1k, like I said, if I captain Tedesco, I think I did the math, I'd be very, very close to the top 100, if not in it, so, look, only my fault to blame for not captaining him, but my thought process is, rounds 1 and 2, I think, are the best times to go against the grain, people aren't going to put a huge margin on you, I'm only 200 points or so off first place, so, definitely could have made up that ground in, in coming weeks, so, happy to take the risks. Uh, unfortunately, my captain last week didn't pan out. Uh, picked Brian Toto, thinking he would score a couple against the Bulldogs, but they went to Viliami Kikau instead, which, in hindsight, was probably expected. Uh, Kyle Flanagan, they wanted to target him. So, look, we'll, we'll wear that one. We'll move on to, to this week. I think captain choices this week are going to be more pod, which is always good for guys like me. I guess the the question is, am I going to be captaining Tedesco for a third week in a row, or sorry, not captaining him? Uh, we'll touch on that, but um, yeah, for now, let's get straight into hot takes for the week. Oh, that's hot. That's hot. All right, I've only got four for this week. Um, normally, I come with six or so, but have four hot takes this week. First one might be, um, oh, I don't know if it's considered hot or not, but I've gone DCE. Now, I think Daly Cherry Evans is going to bounce back against the Dragons here. I'm backing him for a, for a game over 70. Um, Manly have just been throttled the last uh, two weeks, and it's really hurt DCE's attacking output. But um, look, I'm expecting Manly to bounce back here. I've tipped them to win against the, the Dragons, who are flying high after that win against the North Queensland Cowboys. But DCE to go over 70 Supercoach points. The next, uh, look... I don't know if it's a vendetta against the bloke, but uh, it's because I haven't captained him. But look, Teddy under 60 points against the 
South City Rabbitohs. Look, it's going to be a tough game. I think this is going to be a real grind. I think this is the first test the Roosters have. And it's going to be the first time we see Teddy against a quality opposition. Obviously, scores of 160 in round one and 100 and I think seven or something in round two. To back him to go more than less, like half of those scores, basically under 60, I guess it's pretty spicy. So, look, happy to chuck that one in. It's probably going to be my boldest play of the week. But uh, James Desco under 60 points. Now, a man that we backed to go under 40 last week, it's Blake Ferguson. And this week, I'm flipped the script. I'm backing Fergo to go over 65 against the Sharks. Look, I think um, if you started with Fergo, he was a great pickup to start with. Copped a lot of backlash last week for saying that it was a poor pickup last week. And I still stand by that. Um, they were playing Melbourne in the rain. I feel like he was always going to score poor there, but he was always a pickup after this. Parramatta have a really good draw coming up. I'm heavily looking at Fergo myself. We'll touch on my trades at the end of the episode. But yeah, look, I'm backing Fergo over 65. Um, it's just going to depend on the, the service that he gets for me. And the last one, it's probably the forgotten fullback out of this gun pack that we have. It's AJ Brimson. Now, Rimo is a bit like Gutherson in the fact that he's sort of in everything but hasn't correlated super coach points just yet. I think this week is the week that he turns it around. I'm backing AJ Brimson in for a ton here. So, yeah, AJ Brimson over 100. If you guys have held tight on him, um, I personally think you're going to be reaping the rewards. So, yeah, AJ Brimson for a ton. And that was hot takes uh, for this week. Last week, we went pretty well. We went five from six. Um, the only person that let us down was Scott Drinkwater to go over uh, the points that I set for him. And yeah, it just didn't really fire. But a couple of key ones here. I think we picked Coy, um, Cody Nicorima to go under 35. Was a good one. Fergo under 40, like we said. So um, Damien Cook, another one that we picked to, to go big, 85. David Fafita was another one to go over 85. So look, they have gone okay in recent weeks. Um, I think this week's might be one of the hardest weeks of all to pick. But yeah, for now, let's move on to Captain Choices. Captain Obvious. Yes, Captain Obvious. Um, last week, we had a bit of success. Uh, we went against the grain with Teddy in terms of selections. Last week, I wanted to focus on more of the pod picks because I think the captain in the mainstream sort of sector picked itself. Last week, we went with David Fafita as a vice-captain, uh, Damien Cook as a vice-captain slash captain, Jerome Luai as a captain, and Ryan Pappenhausen. Look, they got 100 and something, 100 and something, 80-odd uh, and 75. So not, not bad options. Obviously, Teddy was the standout pick, but it's uh, it's always nice to go against the grain. For me, it didn't work going Brian Toto, but for you guys that jumped on some like Fafita or a Cook, well done. Um, but captain choices this week, I think, are a little bit more scarce. I've narrowed it down to really only two mainstream options. Obviously, Tedesco picks himself, really. Has played 15 games against South for a 72 average. So, yeah, with with these rule changes, Teddy could, could go off. Obviously, I've tipped him to go under 60, but that's more as a hot take. Don't be surprised to see him go big here. But, yeah, look, a 72 average through 15 games is a good enough sample size, and I don't really need to touch on Tedesco too heavily. The next man on the captain's list is Mitch Barnett. Now, Mitch Barnett's been providing week in, week out for this night side. He's, he's become a fantastic uh, cash cow at 530K. He's going to make good money. He's really solid with the, with the kicking tee. Kalen Ponga might find it hard to come back and kick in this side, to be honest. But um, look, against this Tigers edge that leaked the try against Cecily Tupanua, definitely could see Mitch Barnett uh, crashing over on that left-hand side for the Newcastle Knights. Then it sort of narrows it down to how pod you want to go. I mean, David Fafita is an option against the Cowboys. Um, you've got someone like Jamal Fogarty, who's another good pod shout if Nathan Cleary doesn't play. 
Uh, look, another one here would be, I guess, Jermaine Asako. That's a huge pod move against the Bulldogs, but could pay off. George Williams against the, the Warriors. Jack Whiten against the Warriors as well. DCE against the Dragons is another a good pod move, but it's it's hard this week. I'm going to narrow it down to two guys. Um, outside of that, I think it could be anything. All right, I've got uh, I've got plenty and plenty of questions for you guys. So from the listener Q and A, um, have have had to narrow it down as always, but uh, we'll run through them. It's I guess good to get my sort of thoughts on trades. Understand where you guys are coming from. Hopefully, I might be able to help you. The first question of the day comes from uh, San Sono. He he asks or she asks. Um, I'm in the same boat with Ash Taylor. Obviously, myself, I, I have Ash Taylor. I was loving this Cleary news until it sort of came out that, yeah, Ash Taylor's been dropped with an injury, so it kind of uh, stuffs this plan. My trades will hinge on this Cleary news, and I'll, obviously I'll touch on that at the end, of the end of the week. But they ask, got money to play with now. Is Lamb worth a play? Look, it's hard. Lock and Lamb hasn't been playing fantastic in my opinion a lot of people are, are putting it down to poor support cast or anything but I just don't think he looks competent at the NRL level just yet I still think there's some developing to do with Lock and Lamb look it's gonna have to be a case that we're gonna have to run one poor reserve depending on how you've structured your team against um, against South I'm not liking Lamb as a play to be honest if you can go someone else like a, a Jordan Ricky then I'd much rather that Peter asks prioritize cash over points at this stage um, yeah, I would say so, because points are going to be so condensed. I think I was looking at the numbers. I think there's 150 points that separate the top 1K and the top 10K. So you're not going to fall too far behind the pack. I'd definitely be prioritizing cash. Um, I guess this falls hand in hand with the question of, do we dump guys that are going to lose money or pick up guys that are going to make money as well? Sione says, Adam Elliott as a pod to replace Matto. Haven't looked at Adam Elliott's stats too heavily. Uh, I'm just going to fill some time now while I do pull them up. But I remember from memory, he scored a try in that first game, which really, I guess, inflated his stats. Um, yeah, look, played 80 both weeks, scored 74 and 65. Had a 53 in base last week and had a 43 in base the week before. I think you're going to expect that from Adam Elliott on the edge. Look, I think a floor for him is around that 50 mark and, and a ceiling uh, could go anything. We know, obviously, he scored a try for the Knights. He's definitely a pod move. He's priced awkwardly at 541k. So I guess the case is how pod do you want to go? For that price, you can pick up better second row forwards, in my opinion, with a better floor, even cheaper. Someone like a Josh Jackson, who I've been harping on about. So look, definitely a pod move. I think you're going to be needing those attacking stats for him to go through the roof. Um, but a, a decent floor of 50 isn't too bad to work off, but probably a little bit overpriced for me. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Chris asks, thoughts on Brandon Smith? Is he a sell or a wait and see? Look, I feel if you've come this far with the cheese, he's a wait and see. Um, Harry Grant's due back any time. I think um, maybe another two weeks. The cheese just isn't playing how we we want him to. I think he's been very open about his playing weight and how it fluctuates. I think he has a different body weight for playing lock. It's a bit bigger and a different body weight for playing hooker. And I think obviously all preseason, he's trained under the idea that he'll be playing a bit of lock. So his body probably isn't conditioned to be playing hooker as to how he wants it to. 
But look, yeah, like I said, I think if you've if you've gone this long on the cheese, you, you just hold for one more week. The broker even isn't fantastic, but it's not too bad. So hold for one more week. He might get through a fair bit of work against uh, the Panthers. So yeah, if you've come this far, hold the cheese. Next one comes from Hinkers. Do you see Brett Morris being hot and cold play this year or continuing his great form? I mean, it's pretty hard to score a hat-trick every week, isn't it? Those stats are heavily inflated, but though the attack is, is just humming down that side of the field for the Roosters, he is very, very expensive for a center wing, but is providing the goods. Just the problem with Brett Morris is if he doesn't score, you're going to get that really, really low, low base. So for me... Look, it's probably too much money to spend in the center wings. I've said all preseason that it's not a position I do like to spend a heap of cash on. But uh, look, if he, if he keeps producing at this level and keeps scoring, uh, definitely not a bad option. He's going to make a fair bit of cash as well looking at these break-evens. So yeah, look, Brett Morris, is he's going to be hot and cold. You're going to cop that as an owner, but it's these weeks, the last two weeks, for example, that you, ho- you hold out for. Connor asks, is David Fafita a borderline must-have status or is it viable to go with, say, Frizzell over him? I've been very high on Frizzell. Um, he's got a really good floor for a second row. He can provide a fair bit of attack, similar mold to Adam Elliott. I'm just more confident on this night's attack rather than the Bulldogs. So it's hard to say that he's a must-have, but we know how destructive David Fafita can be. Obviously, last week, we just saw a glimpse of it. And is getting through an okay amount of work for a, a strike second row. So... It's one of these moves that might separate you from the pack or it might bring you crumbling down. These are the risks that you have to weigh up when it comes to picking up, I guess, uh, outside of the box known guns. Aaron says, why is to drop Cleary for Hunt to bolster your second row? No, I think you're, you're bombing two trades there, aren't you? Like Cleary isn't going to go down in cash when he comes back. Um, two good opening round scores have seen him meet, meet his break even it's Hunt, like that's the thing, like people are jumping on this Hunt train, I understand he's going to make a little bit of cash, he's played well the first two weeks, but as I touched on my roundup show on Monday, it's, that Dragon's attack for me is just too volatile, one week they could, they could come out and fire like they have the first couple, or they could just go missing, a lot of people are tipping the Dragons for the spoon, my opinion of them hasn't changed too highly, I think they've, they've beaten an understrength North Queensland side who are still finding their feet, for me, the Dragons' attack is just too risky, and especially for dumping a gun like Cleary. If you're picking up, uh, if you're trading out Sam Walker and getting Hunt through some cash you made elsewhere, I'd much rather that than dumping Cleary. I still think you hold him for a week. Thoughts on TPJ? Look, I've got TPJ in a draft leg of mine, and I, I love him. He's not playing huge minutes, but pumping through a mountain of work, and I guess that's what we want to see from TPJ. The issue with him is how it's always been, is he going to keep his head because we know he's just one brain snap away from a suspension. So, look, TPJ, he's probably, I'd say he's overpriced, but he's going to make some cash, isn't he? Stats are inflated a little bit by a try, but he's still a floor of 60, and you're going to work from there. Like, those incredible offloads, he just looks at them every time he gets the ball. I think Kevy Walters has given him that license to, to get his arm free and throw it when he can. So, look, there's definitely worse options, uh, but at 620k or whatever he is, it's uh, it's a big risk to take with a lot of money. Aiden asks, do you keep or trade Madison? Um, I touched on this earlier in the week. Concussions are so hard, aren't they? Like, we don't know how long he's out for. Parramatta can give a report and say he might be only out for a week or he could be out for five. But look, concussions are a, are a player-by-player scenario. We've obviously had prior history with Ryan Madison. For me, he's a sell. I think there's too many question marks around him because the reports could say he's only out for a week, but symptoms could keep happening. 
it's not like an injury where the bone sort of fixes itself. Um, from my understanding of concussions are, it's very uh, player to player in terms of how their body bounces back from so many head knocks. So for me, look, I'd be selling Maddo. I think there's some better second row options that are cheaper and aren't going to lose bulk cash. Luke asks, is Asako a decent option over Tessie, New or Mead? Look, I'd be worried if you own Asako, to be honest, or if you're looking at getting him in. I was in this camp as well. I had him in my team in terms of getting trades in this week, but I had a deeper look at their draw. I think they play, in no particular order, I think they play the Panthers, the Storm, the Raiders, the Eels, and maybe the Bunnies, I think, from memory. So they're playing five top teams in the next week after the Bulldogs. So just be very, very wary about this Asako draw. He looks promising, ball-playing fullback, goal kicker, uh, in in a side that can score points. The Broncos aren't lacking points. It's just conceding them that is costing them. But... Yeah, look, Asako owners or people that are bringing him, I would be very, very wary. Next question is, is it better to swap Taylor for Ash? Sorry, is it better to swap Taylor for Sean O'Sullivan for cash or swap him to Fogarty for better security? I don't think security is a huge issue for Sean O'Sullivan, in all honesty. Um, Nathan Brown has come out and said that he is the, the backup halfback. And um, the other the other guy, I think it's, is it uh, Paul? That might be the surname. Please excuse me if I'm wrong. But I, I haven't seen the guy play, so I don't have too much on him. But I think Brown's come out and said that he's the backup 5'8". So I don't see O'Sullivan's minutes or, or security being an issue. So, look, if Cleary isn't named, that's what I'm going to be doing. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll touch on my trades, like I said, at the end of the episode. But I'm looking at Sean O'Sullivan and pulling the gun early. It just depends on, on this Cleary news. Next question is, would you consider Big Tino... How would you consider Big Tino over the next few weeks potential alternate paths? I think Tino's a hold this week. I think a lot of people are, are overreacting into terms of a, a poor score. we got to remember he played on the edge for a little bit um, with David Fafita's HIA. Also, like, lower minutes from the first week. We know Tino can explode. So I'd be holding him for a couple of weeks until that break-even gets up around 70 and then moving him on to either someone like a Sean Bloor and pocketing a fortune... Um, or upgrading him to one of these top-level falling guns, someone like a Ryan Madison or a Jason Tamalolo when he's back from injury. Harrison asks, is Schuster worth a buy for this round or hold off um, for a bit? Oh, I think Schuster's a hold off for a little bit. Um, yeah, look, he scored 40-odd in the in the back row, but he's not available in a key position that looks to be uh, in dire need of repairing. If you have a gun and Matt Moylan, for example, you can always trade out Moylan, bring Connor Watson down, and that fixes your 5-8th conundrum, but... Look, for Schuster, I want to wait one more week on him before I even look at getting him in. It's just the the position that he is listed in, like I said, isn't a crucial position um, to be upgrading right now. I think people are having a lot of issues with their center wings and this Cleary thing before you get Schuster in personally. Look, a lot of the questions that I did take out of this Q&A were Ryan Madison related. I did touch on him earlier. Um, so if you guys did ask a bunch of matter questions, that's why you haven't been included this week. I just thought I ran them all up into one. But James asks, do you think it's too early to be using two trades a week come next week? I will have used six. Look, no, I think if now, if anything, it's the best time to be using trades because you're getting your team set. You're getting these cash cows in. You're getting out the guys who didn't fire. We've got to remember, head-to-head starts this week and, and definitely starts next week for you guys that have smaller leagues. So getting your team set before head-to-head starts, I think, is pretty crucial and getting these correct cash cows is, is vital. Harry asks, is Leota a sell? Um, look, I thought Leota was a sell last week. If you bought him, he didn't show me enough, but... Um, as a lot of these mid-range guys do. They do bounce back. Leota played well. Um, I would be holding on to him for one more week just to see what the production's like, see how he responds with this break-even that he's got next to his name. So before we sell him, 
definitely can see a, a rise or two out of him before before palming him off. Next question is, is Jaden Broly a must get in this week for cash? Yes. Um, this is coming out Thursday, but on Friday, on Wednesday, sorry, I do release my buy, hold, and sells, and I think Jaden Broly is, is the biggest buy for me this week. Um, if you didn't start with him, I'd definitely be jumping on the train. Best replacement for Davey. Look, if you went the Davey train, that's just unfortunate, isn't it? Um, I was very high on him. I still am high on him when he comes back from injury, but... Yeah, seven points in four minutes, including a couple of tackle busts and a couple of tackles. Like he was on track for a good game. If you if you have Davy, uh, I look, I'd get someone like um, Leeson Armau in if you can do it via Jules. If you have Ryan James in your front row or Tino in your front row, um, Leeson Armau is a good one. He's he's coming off the bench and playing good minutes. Bunty Afoa, another one under 300k who's playing good minutes. So there's a couple of others. Tyrell Fumayona, get him in for the price rise. Uh, Daniel Alvaro looks to be playing uh, decent minutes for the Dragons. So, yeah, there's some, some cheaper guys around that you can replace Davey too. But, yeah, it's just unfortunate if you jumped on that train. James asks, do you think it's a waste of using two trades to go sideways from Fogarty and Avarillo to Hunt and Asako? Look, it's not a sideways trade to go a 300k center wing to another 300k center wing who's firing. Avarillo's a, a sell for me. I don't care that he's been on two wet tracks. He's just not getting his hands on the footy enough to really show enough. If he was putting kicks in that weren't sort of creating points, like if he was being a couple of fifth tackle options, being close to the line, then I'd have a different opinion. But it's the fact that Kyle is looking like he's taking every single kicking chance that really worries me for Avarillo. So for me, he's a, he's a sell. Moving him to a cash cow like a Sarko, like I said, I'd be careful on him because of the awkwardness of his draw. The problem is there is very little of these mid-range center wings that are firing, um, you're going to have to spend top dollar or, or go borderline cheapy. So it's hard. As for your Fogarty and Hunt situation, I've already touched on for, uh, on Hunt. I think Fogarty, he's going to be a big winner from this. I don't think Tanner Boyd is going to be required to be doing too much kicking. So I think Jamal Fogarty, you'll find, is going to get a lot of these attacking kicks uh, in the final third. Max asks, what price do you sell Watson, Little, and James eventually? Uh, when the break-evens get too high, man, like there's no set price. If they're going to continue to perform and continue to outperform their break-evens, then that's obviously, you're going to hold them. But it's when they're only scoring 55, 60s, they're, they're punching out the occasional 65 that their break-evens get up around that. That's when you look to sell them. This is a really interesting question from Tim. He asks, who's the better option at hooker, Marnie or Brayley? I've got little at the moment. Look, as much as I think Brayley is a huge buy, it's going to be very, very interesting to see what happens when Blake Green comes back and Kurt Mann probably pushes to the bench. Does he take minutes away from Watson? Does he take minutes away from um, Brayley? It's going to be interesting. I think Brayley's going to be a good cash cow for the next two weeks or so, and then it's going to be a good watch to see what happens with uh, Watson and Brayley. In terms of Marnie, look, he's got a really solid floor, doesn't he? Um, I was wanting him to play Origin before Harry Grant popped onto the scene for Queensland, but yeah, look, he's got a fantastic floor. In terms of cash cow options, obviously Brayley's going to be the better buy, uh, making cash if he can hold minutes. But Marnie as a, as a starting quality nine, a lot of people laughed at people that jumped on were, and were told they were chasing the points from round one, but he performed again in round two. Um, yeah, look, obviously inflated by attacking stats, but he's making 50-odd tackles a game. So there's a, a really good floor to work off if you read Marnie Onus. And that was it, guys. That was all the uh, listener Q&As. I had that post up for about an hour before I stopped taking questions. If you guys got your questions in but weren't answered, it's because they'll probably repeat questions. I got many about Matto. I got many about uh, Cleary and many about Ben Hunt too. So hopefully I've covered all of them for you guys. But for now, let's get straight into the trade talks. 
All right, trades for me this week, it's very dependent on Nathan Cleary. Uh, like I said, I've got Ash Taylor and Cleary as my halves. If they're both out, then I'm going to be looking at trading Ash Taylor out for Sean O'Sullivan. And my next trade would be Jake Avarillo out for Blake Ferguson in. Just based off the draw, I really like Fergo's draw coming up. I uh, was happy to wait the extra week on him after Melbourne. But if Cleary is named to play, uh, which is going to be great because we're going to see this f- before the Thursday game, if he is named to play, I will hold Ash Taylor for a week. I will trade out Jack Hetherington and bring in Ryan James. And then I will trade out Jake Averill and bring in Fergo. So it just comes down to whether Cleary is going to play or not. That will determine my trades. Um, look, if if Cleary do, if Cleary doesn't get named to play, I miss out on Ryan James. I understand that, but I think I'd much rather miss out on Ryan James for a week than cop a, a poor AE. So for me, it, it all comes down to Cleary personally. And that's it. Uh, about 23, 24 minutes. So longer episode off the cuff. It's the listening Q and A part takes up a fair bit of that. So I guess it gives my overview. I do get heaps of dms i try and respond to them all but yeah i'm turning my phone off uh tomorrow at about midday and just being with uh with family and whatnot and getting my head around a pretty big surgery for me so look if you guys have sent me a lot of the dms during this week and i haven't answered them that is why um thinking of starting a facebook group for you guys to have a bit of discussion around Supercoach. um it's getting to the stage now where i'm getting overwhelmed with messages i do try and reply to them all but some of them um, slip through the cracks so I do apologize if I haven't got around to answering your dms but for now guys that's everything good luck for Supercoach. Uh, I know a lot of you guys have messaged me saying my tips have helped uh, thanks for that thanks for listening um, but yeah for now keep your friends close and keep your pods closer that's all folks Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.